Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined by my buddy, Colin Drew. We do not have Brian with us this week, though I think that um, – I mean, I had, a, I had a good week last week. I think that I think that Brian being on the podcast uh, helped illuminate some things for my game. Uh, how, did, how did you do last week, and uh, did, did talking to Brian help you? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a great podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, just the the opening segment doesn't even talk as much about last week's tournament as it does about PGA DFS strategy. And I think hearing the way another top player thinks, especially one of the players who plays the highest stakes, is always uh, really helpful. So I think it helped my process. I don't know if it helped my results last week. Main slate's been a bit of a grind. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm live at some point Saturday, and then by Sunday I've got nothing really to root for except showdown lineups. It did end up coming fifth in that round four showdown, but – the payout structure was pretty top heavy. So that was enough to prevent a disaster of a week, but not enough to really brag about. Um, Thank God I did not watch on Sunday because I, I, I only played single entry and three max last week. Cause that was one of the things that um, we talked about was just like, I mean, MME is just very hard and uh, sustaining those swings is also very hard. So I kind of took things back a little bit and just did that. And I played Xander on every team. I played Xander on every team and I was feeling so good for three days. And then he just went out and uh, he went full Harold Varner uh, on uh, at the, at the U S open or it was the PGA when he shot like 82. That was, that was a tough scene. Yeah. His putter fell apart. You know, I think he ended up finishing sixth in the field. TD green, definitely ball striking really well. Um, there were a few guys like that last week, some popular names that ended up putting up like top 10 TD green finishes that just fell apart with their putters. Colin Morikawa was first in the field. I think he lost like eight strokes or something like that putting. Then on, you kind of expect it. He was number three TD green, last strokes putting, of course, and then Xander and Decky, um, all of them kind of lost strokes putting, but hit the ball pretty well. And, you know, except for on, I'd say, you know, Decky's kind of like a break-even-ish putter. On's obviously a disaster, but uh, Xander and Morikawa you expect a little bit better from. Um, Webb Simpson, another, another PGA Tour victory for old Webb. Well, this is something we talked about last week too. Is just like Webb has become a different tier of player. Like he is, he is like now in that second. Like he's in like that woodland tier of guys now. And for a long time, he was you know uh, not in that tier of guys at all. Yeah, and it's a guy that did golf spend really high on. Um, yeah. I ended up right after the event betting Webb at sixty to one to win the Masters you can still get like fifties to sixties out there and he's pretty long at some of the other majors as well. 
Um, not that I think he's the best course fit for Augusta, but the price feels like it's going to be closer to 30 to 1 once books adjust. And the ones that have adjusted, like DraftKings and FanDuel, you know, that's where they have him priced. So I felt like that was a solid wager. Um, he's not the best course fit for Augusta, but I think the value was good enough that I uh, didn't want to pass it up. Has that, has that, uh, has that number moved? Did you, did you move that market? <laughs> no, I think, I mean, they, they're probably just sleeping with the Super Bowl and everything, trying to count their bucks after that. And so right. yeah, PointsBet has some pretty good numbers for WebBet there. Maybe they've adjusted. I haven't checked since I made them. Yeah. Um, so Pebble Beach, this is, uh, this is the course. Uh, I don't even know who's the sponsor of this. What, what's it going to be called on TV? I assume it's AT&T, Pebble Beach. Pro-Am, oh, yeah, it's so. the AT&T, Pebble Beach, Pro-Am. Uh, it's, a, it's a three-course rotation cut after the third round. It's actually just top 60 this week, and up to T65, they will get the prize money, but they will not play on Sunday. Uh, they play Spyglass Hill, which is a, uh, you know, a pretty easy golf course overall. Monterey Peninsula is the easiest of the three. It's not even 7,000 yards, uh, so there's just uh, there's a lot of DK points to be had there and then pebble beach which if you guys remember was the home of the u.s open uh they everyone will play that once before the cut and then that's where everyone plays on sunday and uh if you don't know this is basically the worst tv of the year as it pertains to golf it is miserable and i really wish that the weekend after the super bowl they would do a super fun to watch golf event and this this just ain't it chief Oh, I know. If they had like flipped this uh, with, I don't know, Riviera or something like that, or Tory. Um, and yeah, I mean, Tory should be the week after the Super Bowl, right? Like that's great TV. It's a beautiful golf course, always yeah. a super strong field. And and instead, uh, you know, we are going to watch Jason Day clutching his back all the way around this golf course. Yeah, and then like you said, the pro am, and they like it's a celebrity they go filled pro am on the program. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a celebrity filled pro am. So the TV coverage is brutal. Like. It's one thing when the rounds are just five to six hours, but then you got the TV coverage showing like Wayne Gretzky with DJ and and whatnot. Um, All these courses are sub 7,000 yards. So I think, you know, Pebble, obviously if they play for the U S open, then it, it plays longer, but um, sub 7,000 yards there. The DraftKings scoring is definitely easiest on Monterey Peninsula. Average round is like 15.7 DK points versus Spyglass 14.9 and Pebble 14.3. Spyglass and Pebble can kind of flip on a year-to-year basis. But again, those those are material enough to impact showdown uh, roster construction, but I don't think it's enough to completely disregard guys just because they're not playing Monterey. So obviously one of the benefits with the Daily Roto projections is that we've baked the specific starting course into their projections for showdown. So you can just kind of run things. And I think kind of a mix of um, players, depending on the pricing, is... Uh, a, a good way to go with me. This is slight. these these three course rotation um, events. They are very good for showdown because uh, you know that not the not the whole field subscribes to dailyroto.com. You know, yeah. so it's just I, like there, there's edge to be had. Showdown's the the only like consistent thing for for me so far this year. But um, I'm playing mostly MME GPP, so kind of expect that for the main slate. Yeah. Um. So that's uh that's that's what we have. Uh, yeah. I guess- this is. Go ahead. Of course, I was just going to say course fit. Like, you don't want to get 
carried away with course fit but all of these courses are it's a wedge course yeah it's 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 a it's a wedge course like old guys uh i will steve stricker gonna be in the pool this week uh von taylor gonna project super well every showdown round basically like uh this this is uh this is a golf course where when it's not set up for you know championship golf so like us open like old guys old guys can win and do well here yeah, you definitely get some random guys in contention and, you know, random guys that are hanging with some of the big boys too. Uh, I, I would say if you look at relative to other courses, it under indexes both off the tee in driving distance and driving accuracy. So driving, yeah, it still matters a little bit, but it doesn't matter that much. Um, for DK scoring, it matters a bit for the par fives, but, and then around the green approach matter considerably more. So you're kind of looking at the the second shot course. Obviously, the greens here are small, which brings the around the green into play a little bit. And definitely expect a low winning score, which always introduces a lot of volatility and randomness. Yeah. Um, so uh, I actually I do have I do have one take though. I I uh, I don't mind when they show Gretzky. What tilts me is when like Bill Murray's on my TV for like 45 minutes or like Aaron Rodgers. Like uh, they always show they the, where they go to the celebrities is on. Uh, the the par three right on the right on the edge. I, I think it's the 16th hole, if I if I remember correctly. That's the worst. Is when they have they have the celebrities just like trying to get the hole in one. Like that that is unwatchable television. Yeah, I, agree. I mean Wayne Gretzky, the great one. Uh, I can't turn him down. But. Yeah, you, you can't you can't get mad about that. And then it also generally means that you're going to get to see some good uh, DJ shots as well. So uh, are we are we ready to get into uh, DK price by range? Yeah, I think so. I, the last thing I kind of leave this in there, but there are a few players coming back from the Saudi um, international competition. Gray McDowell looks like so far he's still in the field this week. He won at 12 under par. And then DJ and Phil were inside the top five as well. DJ minus 10, Phil minus nine. So they had top end finishes. Kind of unsure like if or how to adjust there just because, I mean, it is a lot of travel, but like DJ, Phil, they're on, they're living that private jet life. Yeah, they are. And I mean, uh, like a, a good example of someone that that narrative was out there for last week was uh, Hovland. And uh, he, he didn't play bad. I mean, he didn't make the cut, but it's not like it's, I mean, that's pretty bad for like a top twenty player in the field. He didn't. I mean, it's just like he missed the he missed the cut on the number. Like, dude, it just happens. Yeah. You know, like it's not, it's not like he was out there like having to that take naps. And, but, that was a that was a legit cut. Sweat. It was it was a huge. It was a it was a very fun cut sweat. And uh, my my week would have been uh, Hovland was on my two um billy horschel teams so i was like i was really really sweating him getting through that cut and uh didn't happen but you know but whatever we 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 move we move um all right so obviously dustin johnson gonna be the most expensive guy he uh he owns pebble beach he he just he just owns this golf course uh so if you if you turn i i would imagine actually that dj's course fit course history adjustments probably are smaller than other people in the field though just because he owns most golf courses yeah and i think that's probably the case you know at the top of the field you definitely have like dj cantley gap and that's the way that our projections have it that's the way the betting markets have it Betting market's probably a little bit higher on DJ versus Cantlay. Data golf is is always going to be over the over the market on Patrick Cantlay. But um, those do seem like the kind of clear class of the field. And it's tough with DJ to fit them in. But the fact is that there's not like a huge difference in value between some of these $8,000 golfers and some of the, the 7K guys. And so 
when you're getting the guaranteed three rounds out of people, I think that makes it uh, slightly easier to put DJ in the lineups. Uh, I like Cantley a bit more on leverage. I think DJ might be like thirty percent owned. In a three max, it's going to be more. It's he'll yeah. be like he'll be like thirty five percent for sure. Yeah, and he's going to be super popular. Like Cantley probably be like twenty percent, maybe like twenty five in in the three max single entry. If I did want to, if I did want to make an argument though for DJ, it would be that uh, first is this event due to the the three day thing. It's like first of all, you could win stuff with five of six probably, um, and yep. also and, and like you can just get more aggressive because because the there uh, the, there's just going to be a little bit less variance with the three day cut. I think. Yeah. Uh, th- those are definitely the the pros. Um, I guess the kind of cons are, it does hurt your roster to a degree. And if they don't win, then or you know come in second or something like that, depends what happens with the value players if a three hundred to one guy comes through. But at that price, you really are looking for for a win. So um, I don't know what Data Golf has DJ's win probabilities at, but it, he probably- he is uh, he is nine point one win percent probability, and he's like he's like six to one. Like they have him, they have him as like a relatively EV bet at his stuff in the market yeah. right he's now. He's like he's like three to one to top five in their numbers, and um, that that's roughly what his field ownership is going to be. So I don't know. I, I could see the the rationale for a fade case if he had, ends up like thirty percent or above, but. Um, you know, you know who I, you know who I would not play. That data golf is gonna is gonna want me to play, Paul Casey. I'm just I'm not playing that guy here. I would, I'd ra- I think I'd rather play. I think I'd rather play Kucha. Oh, I mean, price right by Cantlay. It's it's like they cl- very clearly prefer Patrick Cantlay, and that that's what is reflected in our projections that they provided Daily Roto. So, um, I I think even they might like mix Casey in a little bit, but it's definitely gonna be like a a jam Cantlay if you run the optimals. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you interested in playing Jason day as well? I'm not uh, really. Cause I think he's going to, he gets, um, he gets like clicked in more by like the hand builders because he's got, he's got the good courts history. Yeah. I, I don't think that I'm going to play Jason day. I think he didn't show a lot at his first start since coming back from the layoff. Obviously when you think about the course and just a course that doesn't penalize Aaron drives, a course that can, reward short game it's true yeah yeah it's a fit for like him and sneds but they they, like i guess you know dk had to price somebody up in the slow 10k range and those were the guys that they chose it just feels like there's not like a a market difference between day snedeker and like kuchar and matthew fitzpatrick to me um so i'll take the ownership breaks if i'm paying down i think kuchar and fitzpatrick give you an ownership break so i guess i would lean towards those guys if not paying up for can't and dj yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that, uh, I think that Kucher Fitzpatrick, they are like, they're, they're both guys that I am pretty comfortable with, especially at their ownership projections. Um, so Phil is getting like a, a very bad data golf projection, but getting a, a pretty decent ownership projection. Do you, I mean, do you think people will actually play him? He really is not. Sh- I guess he, he shown he shows some form, uh, over, over in, uh, in Europe, but I don't know though. Yeah. So the, the way things always work, I feel like at the beginning of the week is people are just kind of like not so much talking about who they want to play as they are just going through like what happened at this event last year. And so like with Phil winning the event, that's going to lead to some chatter. And then the good finish last week will 
kind of reinforce that in talking points. I don't think people will actually click and fill. Well, I should, I shouldn't say that he'll be more than 10% owned, but I think he'll be like 10 yeah. to 15, not 20. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that that is, I think that that is probably fair. Um, Another guy, another guy who uh, does not project super well, but I, I expect people to play him a little bit will be G Mac who uh, he's got, I mean, he just has uh I guess his game has probably been a little bit better over like the last six months than like his long-term form. Yeah. He also, he's always a guy that people like to talk up on like coastal links courses. And yeah. Then yeah. He's winning, got a good narrative. Like winning in Saudi last week um, also throws him into the mix as far as like talking points. I feel like it's going to be the same as Phil where it's like people might play him at like eight to 10%. But right now people are just kind of talking about, him because of what happened um he likes to have a few pints so i don't know if he's not celebrating that victory a little bit I, maybe inside you're not celebrating with too many pints but um, maybe not yeah hey oh i mean or maybe he's just getting back on the plane immediately and uh and and just and and throwing pints in yeah so um i i think this is the first week in two years that like Jordan Spieth is actually at a spot in the projections where he's not where you can play him. He's not entirely out of play. I mean, I'm not playing him, but you can. Like he's a he's reasonably owned. He's a reasonable value. He hasn't done anything to really like show signs of greatness, but like around the green putting course, like that's the type of course fit you're looking for. And he's nine k. I, I think he's in play this week. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he is in play, but I am not going to play him because that's just that's not brands, dude. I, some sometimes you got to jump on the Roslyn Sun Run and just get, inject some run hot into your life. So, I guess that's true. Yeah. I didn't do it with Tesla, so maybe maybe Spieth is is the Tesla play. Uh, I mean, give me give me Hovland at even double the ownership. I don't care. Yeah, I think I think if it is double the ownership, that Spieth is objectively a better play than Hovland. Uh, if it's oh close man, ownership, just re- remember that you said that. Just rem- <laughs> remember that you said that. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm not talking single entry here too. So if you're hand building like one to three lineups, probably won't find me with him there. But I'd be surprised if I don't have a tiny bit of exposure in MMA. Yeah. Um, so nice. All right, we. Russell Knox. Yeah. For Knox, dude. What a, what a good, what a good course fit for, uh, uh, we skipped burger. I like him a little bit more than the projections. I don't like burger. You don't like burger. No, I think his performance last week was, was fraudulent. He gained like 1.9 strokes putting per round. Uh, and that kind of hid a very mediocre TD green performance. I think he's fine, but I think people are going to be like jump on that hot Sunday round more than they should. Well, I mean, certainly, I mean, that's just what people do, right? They just, they, they hop on the, they hop on the, uh, the hot seat. He's like a guy people but... are always looking for a reason to like get back on to. But I, I mean, that's me. Like I, like I've gotten some good Daniel Berger results, but I, I think it was 2017 when he was good. And I'm just always looking to, uh, to recapture that. Yeah. Do you, do you think that this Rafa Cabrera Bale ownership projection, like, do you think that this right now we haven't projected under 5%. Do you think that holds through the week? I... I'll have to check if there's some name mismatch of the V lookups there. So <laughs> we'll see. Sometimes you get the Rafa versus Raphael that throws things off. Right. I'll do some digging into that. No, I don't think the under 5% will hold. I don't think you're going to get like a 20% incoming. Um, but I think like he's going to go up. Max Homa is going to go down. 
Um, but Knott's, what I wanted to say is what, one of the things I love, on top of the fact that he just projects well, um, but he has gained strokes on approach in like six of his last seven measured rounds, as well as gaining strokes around the green in the majority of those as well. So if we think around the green approach is going to matter a lot this week, driving is not going to matter quite as much. And Knox is kind of a, a neutral up and down putter. So I think like the kind of the stat narratives can support him as good play. I prefer him over Norin, Champ, and Kisner, who all kind of project similarly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that that uh, I think that that's pretty reasonable. I mean, I mean, Knox is just like a guy who I feel like every time I take an overweight stance on him, he just he just gets there. He just gets like the T thirty two or whatever you need. I guess at this price, you need you need more than that. But I just I never remember playing Russell Knox overweight and being like, oh, this guy sucks. You know, like yeah. he just he just gets there. Um. Some some sharps have been playing your boy Tom Hoagie in cash games. I think because Wakey he's was, the best dude. He Wakey's is on him two weeks ago. Godfather played him last week. He is up to seventy to one in the betting markets. It's real. Tom Tom Hollywood Hoagie. He's real. And if you if you actually want to know where my fascination with him began, it was playing cash games at this event like five years ago he just he's like a good course fit because he's so good he's so good uh around the green and with his wedges like he's good at second shot golf courses so i am i am uh jamming tom hoagie in this week no no doubt about it i'm i i will certainly play him over 8k max homa his his putter has been in fuego over the last four measured shot length rounds too so he's got that going for him um the next kind of trio is pretty pretty interesting. I guess there's like five guys in here that are pretty interesting to me. Uh, Jim Furyk, you got the old man golf going with Jim Furyk. Uh, Scott Piercy, obviously, Tita Green God, just needs to to click with the putter to get some in there. Kevin Na, I played a little bit last week. Um, had a couple big numbers, but otherwise played pretty well. This is the type of course you would think about as a Kevin Na course. And then you got Von Taylor, Lucas Glover in there as well. So I don't know. It's a it's an interesting range. Va- Von means. Taylor feels like a jam for me. Good good course fit, previous winner. And and Data Golf always loves him. Like that, like you know, you know for a fact when you go to go play your showdowns, you're gonna get mad Von Taylor. And uh, I I, li- I like the clean sweats. I like the queen sweats of being able to sweat my week long teams and my showdown teams like at the same amount, like the same amount of equity. Yeah, I think it'll be like six percent owned too. So um, I think you got oh, music nice to my ears, man. Music to my ears. I like Glover. I like Glover too. I like I like Glover. All right. Um, this will be like the narrative that I struggle with is it's not the type of course that I usually think about is uh, a playing, Glover yeah. course. I think of like yeah. US Open style, like long need to be accurate and long off the tee and good with the irons and par being a good score. And like that's, I mean, it is a US Open course, I guess. But other than that, it's none of those things. It's not going to be, it's not going to be US Open difficulty though. They got, they got, a hundred amateurs out here playing, dude, they can't like, it can't be like that hard of a golf course this week. It's just not the way it'll work. Um, do you, do you care to tamper down the Aaron wise projection at all? It's just like data golf, just jamming him in everything. I, I do care to, t- to tamper the wise projection down. I'd... I just hate that guy. He, I like, he's the opposite of Russell Knox. Every time I've taken a big stance on Aaron Wise, it's just been like just pain, just big time pain. And then I look at it and I'm like, why did he, why did he project well? Like, um, so Wise 
man, it, it's tough. I'm not very interested, but like qualitatively, I'm not very interested. The 7.2 K price, I'm sure it's fair. Um, but 23% T20 odds seems high to me. There's not gonna be any ownership. The only thing I would say is sometimes the uncomfortable plays end up being the good ones. And that was like Billy Horschel last week kind of fit a similar thing where his price was coming down. The results weren't there. The ownership was coming down and then he pops off with a ceiling performance. You capture that at like 5% ownership. And he was one of the value plays that really separated yourself from the field. Um, I, it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case with wise this week. Um, but you're not exactly comfortable with like any of these other guys down here. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, I, I don't feel good about, it's not like I'm clicking Mark Hubbard and being like, Oh dude, I'm going to take 19% Mark Hubbard and feel, feel really good about that. Like Chess and Hadley. Uh, we, we, we gotta, we gotta address the elephant in the room, which is the, the Cameron Tringali projection. I mean, <laughs> if you run the naked opto, you're just getting hundred percent Cameron Tringali. I was, I was gotta be honest. I didn't know what the elephant in the room was, was going to be. So, um, I, what was I mean, it, was it that Joel Damon withdrew last Sunday at the waste management open to go drink beers and watch the Super Bowl? Cause that was pretty funny. <laughs> is, that, is that the quoted reason? <laughs> he, he, he just, I, I don't remember what the, with reason was, it was like sickness or whatever, but I remember someone in PGA put, uh, Joel Damon withdrew, uh, in quotes, Bud Lights from the fourth round of the waste management open, which is pretty, pretty good. That's good stuff. <laughs> I think it was coolers. Yeah. So shout out coolers. Uh, yeah, Tringali, I mean, I think it's fine. Like, a, none of these guys end up, like, jam plays for me. Um, I would probably cap them at, like, 20%, but that still could get, like, 4x the field um, of, you know, of any course, like, the type of course that someone like Cameron Tringali could contend at as a course where you don't need the driver uh, very much at all. So, uh, I don't have any, like, hot takes there. Um, I don't think it's, like, a, a jam play, but I don't jam any value golfers for the most part just because – they all have like a pretty high degree likelihood to miss cut. Um, I would say like approach is gen and you know, is, is generally one of Tringali's stronger suits. I, I do think he is a bit of a better play than HV three, for example. Um, so if anyone, you know, I wouldn't maybe knock Tringali a tiny bit, but I would knock HV three a decent amount too. I hate that guy. I just don't, I just don't like Cameron Tringali. So I am, I will not play him at all in single entry three max and maybe would let him run a little bit in MME. Um, I, I think I'm I got him like 28th in the field, if that helps for context, versus like Data Golf has him like 18th. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that that is useful context. Uh, Wyndham Clark is a guy that... So like my take on Wyndham Clark is that he has the style of game where he does the things that are really important to getting good results in golf, which is he hits the ball super far off the tee and he putts pretty well. And the other things that he's not very good at are things that like theoretically, if you just worked really hard and, and were like working on your game, you could actually improve, which is like getting better touch around the greens and just like improving your uh, short iron play. So like I, I think Wyndham Clark might just actually like be a better golfer then he's being priced in both the betting markets and DraftKings right now. Like, would it would it surprise you if he closes the year as a guy who his average betting price is like eighty to one instead of one hundred fifty to one? Um, maybe like eighty seems pretty. Eighty, 80 is eighty is high. Eighty is really but, high. Yeah, 
Uh, when man, I had some I had some good teams with him last week, and he I, he took like an eight or a nine in one of those closing par fives, and just yeah, totally he'll he'll do that. He'll do that every once so, in a while. But the thing, he'll do that like once an event. It seems like, but. The thing is, the things you just said that he does really well, which is like mash off the tee and score on par fives. Yeah, and that that seems like a that showdown much. play to me for sure. Yeah. Like, I'll take a triple. I don't really care in showdown. Give me those birdies and eagles and streak opportunities. And right. there is like a on Monterey, I think there's this like three par five setup where depending, you can get like a wraparound streak. So there's like pretty streakable holes in addition to the easier scoring. Um, I think... MME, I wouldn't like. I'd probably cap at like five or ten percent. Um, probably wouldn't click him into a single entry lineup, but I definitely am interested in that type of golfer for showdown. Yeah, um, I, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm very much on board. I, I think that. I think that he is a a pretty good play. Matt Jones, another cheap guy. Like I would be. I would be comfortable playing more Matt Jones than Cameron Tringali. Uh, so some of the other cheap guys who I think you can mix in MME. Aaron Badalay, You know, again, just has the good. Uh, he's just a good second shot. You know, kind of scrambling golfer. Uh, Adam Shank, obviously, gotta gotta tout gotta tout him. And then sixty six hundred. Steve Stricker, he's gonna make the cut here. If you're if you're listening to this, Philly, he's gonna make the cut, buddy. <laughs> if there if there are Stricker courses out there, it's the John Deere, and it's you know, it's this one. But um, I, it feels like the the scoring is never really there for him either. So it's kind of the it's like the low upside uh, cash game type play, right? I don't know, man. What if what if he just what if he just gets like a T twenty eight? What if what if he just sneaks in there? You know. Yeah, I've got I've got Stricker sixty second in the field. So some of the guys that I have above him in a similar price range would be like Abby Barnrat. I think can can score a little bit better, but I mean they're kind of comparable. I've got Doc Redmond a little bit above him. You got Shank a little bit above him, and then kind of had like the nick taylor like keith mitchell type range that i have a little bit better as well but it's not he's not out of consideration um yeah right on well uh that's uh that's all the that's all the um daily fantasy takes i have for this pool also uh my my voice is uh is just hardcore in a coffin from the kansas city chiefs winning the super bowl so people (laughs) probably don't want to listen to me talk about this for you know another hour my bankroll just in a coffin from Damien Williams and Patrick Mahomes running for negative 15 yards for like a 25 K swing. <laughs> Very tough scene. So, you got uh, any, Dad, 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 Dad golf has this as a horrible betting week has no, no one who is in the top 20 of the favorites is a bet for them. Um, other than Von Taylor, if you can get him deeper than 75 to one, but FanDuel and DraftKings have him. Oh, well, I guess FanDuel has him as at 55 DraftKings has him at 85. And then, um, you know, they have, they have a uh, Tringali and wise is very underpriced in the markets, but I am not betting those dudes. Yeah. I think the the long shots seem like they would make sense this week, just given the potential random nature. If one of DJ or Cantlay doesn't pull through, the whole field does f- seem like it's in play. So um, I definitely would consider some of the long shots there if there are any that you like using the betting tools over at Daily Roto. And then for one and done, I think Matthew Fitzpatrick is probably the best play. He doesn't play a high volume of events on the U.S. tour. And so that's what you're looking for when you're looking at some of these weak field events is a guy with reasonably high win probability that you're probably not going to use many other places so Fitzpatrick would be my one and done pick um if you guys are doing that I'd I'd play him over DJ and Cantlay who I'd save for a bigger purse in a, a stronger event 
Yeah, I mean, I think that um, second tier but top 40 golfers in the world are going to be the picks here. So I think, like, you could take Jason Day. I think you could take Paul Casey. Um, I expect I expect Day probably will be the chalk, I, I would imagine. So that is uh, – I, I took Hideki last week, and let me tell you, I feel like a big, dumb idiot when I when the – cards turned over and he was uh i think he was owned by 516 people in the pool for gubs corners like that that's horrible that's just so bad and i should feel bad for that i could be snedeker this week could be could be snedeker this week i definitely i i am gonna try and do a better job moving forward of um you know just uh you know maybe not like i don't want to have one of the three or four most selected guys basically yeah all right buddy we'll we'll rest up get yourself some honey tea get that voice voice ready for the heavy podcast load yep we will uh we will be back we'll be back next week after uh jason day or hopefully may, maybe maybe for drewby maybe he's hoping jordan spieth wins this event maddie fits and spieth stacks there we See go good luck everybody build digital first customer relationships with salesforce digital 360 connect every marketing commerce and digital experience on a single platform Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital360. Contact World is a technology and media company dedicated to improving public health. And our podcast is our opportunity to dive into hot topics that are relevant to you, from contact tracing to vaccines to social and racial justice. We may not have all the answers, but you deserve to know what goes on in your neighborhood and the decisions that affect you and your family's health. I'm Justin Beck. Join me and my co-host, Catherine and Deep D, as we seek truth in health. Listen to Contact World, the podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.